Today we are looking at our last in the series uh, for Advent, Announced by Angels. And today we're going to be looking at uh, the announcement that was made by the angels to the shepherds. And among the patriarchs of the Old Testament, uh, some of the most notable ones were shepherds, including Abraham, Moses, and David. Unlike today, most clothing back then consisted of uh, animal skins, or in this case, um, we have wool that was created by the sheep. Uh, that's unlike today where we have many cottons and synthetic materials that make up our clothing. And so these animals were of great importance to the people back then. And because of the strict dietary laws, uh, the kosher laws that Israel followed, sheep were very valued because they were a source of meat. But beyond their practical purpose of providing clothing and food for the people, in ancient Israel, sheep furthermore were used for sacrifice. Habib is a uh, tourist over in Israel, and one of the places that he takes people that are on tours there is the shepherd's field near Bethlehem. And that's uh, what we see here in the Luke account. At this location, there was a church that was built by designer and architect Antonio Barluzzi. And one tourist thought it was quite intriguing, the design of the building, because everything in that church served a specific purpose. The church was designed to only have one high point uh, at the roof there, and this was to kind of reflect the tents that the shepherds lived in back at that time. Also, there were many spaces in the ceiling that were open that allowed natural light in, uh, to come in. This was to indicate the natural light that they needed to see, but also uh, the shining of the stars and the angel's announcement. And so, at a particular point, the group left the church, and Habib took them over to a nearby cave where uh, most shepherds lived. They lived inside these caves because in the summertime they were cooler, and in the wintertime uh, they were warmer. They provided uh, shelter for uh, the shepherds and the sheep. The sheep would come right into the caves. However, the shepherds at Bethlehem had a special task. Uh, they were raising sheep that were used for the sacrificial system. And the Talmud, which was written... Uh, two to three hundred years beforehand, indicated that they were to have sheep that were raised only outside. And so that's why we see uh, the shepherds here. Uh, in Luke 2.8 it says, That night some shepherds were in the fields outside the village guarding their flocks, instead of being in the caves. And so those sheep needed to be uh, outside for 365 days in order to be qualified to be one of the sheep that were, sheer, uh, that were sacrificed uh, for the, the people's sins. Um, once the sheep were of that age, that 365 days had passed, then the shepherds would bring them into Jerusalem, and they would be sacrificed on Friday evening of the Passover. And it was important for this sacrificial uh, system that none of the sheep had any blemishes, no broken legs, no injuries. And once the sheep's blood was completely spilled for all the sins the priest would return and turn to the crowd and say, it is finished. And I believe that the reason that God chose to send the angels to these shepherds instead of someone in a different line of work was because of their intimate understanding of the sacrificial system and also because their jobs were going to be greatly affected. 
And so we see here, uh, there were four parts to this message that the angels gave to the shepherd and we're gonna, shepherds, and we're going to walk through those here this morning. First, the angels said, there will be good news of great joy for all people, even dirty shepherds. There seems to be some evidence that shepherds in biblical times were seen as lower caste citizens. Uh, the rabbis who wrote the Talmud way before this time uh, said that shepherds were prone to being dishonest and violating Jewish law. Now, even though these writings are far removed, perhaps, from that particular time, we see that Jewish philosopher Philo wrote, uh, and he was a contemporary of Jesus, that shepherds are held to be mean and inglorious. And so this would kind of give credibility to their low view. And so God's desire is to reveal his plan even to lowly shepherds. And this seems to fit his standard operating procedure because Jesus said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In fact, we saw that with much of his earthly ministry. He was eating with tax collectors, offering forgiveness to a woman caught in adultery, associating with prostitutes, healing lepers. Most of his closest disciples were fishermen, another dirty line of work. And they were included in this category of all people. Even though these people were the lowest caste in Israel, they were not nearly as low as the goyim, or the Gentiles. Consider this interaction between one Gentile woman and Jesus in Matthew 15, verses 22 through 27. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him, Lord, help me, she said. He replied, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. So essentially here, Jesus is calling this woman, a Gentile woman, a dog. And that's because his immediate concern at that time was with the nation of Israel. They had to reject him before the message went out to the Gentiles. And it's clear that that message was going to be sent to the Gentiles. We saw this early in Jesus' ministry. When he's speaking to Nicodemus in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world, not just Israel. And so the angels brought good news for all people. The good news was that humanity could be reconciled to God, which brings us to our next important message from the angels. They said that born unto you this day in the city of David is a Savior, Christ the Lord. And so this indicated that there would be no more sacrificial system. And so in keeping with this, the angel's telling them, hey, your job is going to change. It's going to be different. I always wondered what it would be like to be back in the days and be a Levitical priest. Because they were more like butchers than they were really pastors. They were day in and day out bringing sacrifices into the temple, butchering them, and then burning those things on the altar. 
I mean, think of all the blood and the flies or the wives who had to try to clean their clothes without OxyClean. And finally, God saw the wickedness of men and that this sacrificial system would never be permanent. And so, instead of continuing to make a covenant with sinful man, he determined to make a covenant with his own son. And only in him would we then find salvation. And so this angel's message was specific. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Notice three things here. First, it's clear that this Savior would be in the line of David. The shepherds would have known that this was going on because um, the census was taking place at that time. All the people that had come to Bethlehem were in the line of David. The kingly lineage was important regarding this Savior because it meant that only he had the right to rule over the people of Israel. After the division of the kingdom and after the reign of Solomon, uh, one had to be born in the line of David to be considered to be a king of Judah. And this is why you see many people in Jesus' time addressing him as David, or uh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The second title we see here given by the angels is Christ, and that means anointed one. Many men that were born in the line of David were not anointed as the Messiah. Because to be anointed means to be nominated or chosen as a successor or leading candidate for a position. And so just as Samuel came and anointed David before his brothers, so too Jesus was being anointed as the Savior before his brothers, these shepherds in this field. And finally, we see the title of Lord. Lord means supreme authority. And presently, we don't see everyone acknowledging Jesus' lordship, but in Philippians 2.11, it tells us that at his second coming, Every knee shall bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. The next thing we see here that the angels tell the shepherds is that you will see a sign. Road signs are meant to direct us and to warn drivers from upcoming events. And the angels told the shepherds that they would find a sign in a manger in Bethlehem. And the fact that they found things just as the angels had said that they would be validated the message. And I'm sure that it was also an encouragement to both Mary and Joseph when they told them what the angels had said. Because here they are in this lonely village, a place that they didn't know, in a manger having a baby. God has given us many different signs down through the ages some of them are clear because he told us what the meaning was of the sign. Take, for instance, the rainbow, a perfect example. After the flood, he told Noah that he would never again destroy the world with a flood because every time he saw the rainbow, it would remind him of his promise. Also, we see signs that are clothed in mystery. An example of this would be the Antichrist or the dragon that's mentioned in Revelation and so we see many times people are looking. Who is that dragon? Who's that going to be? What is it going to be? It's still a mystery to us to this day. But then there are some signs that we become so familiar with as Christians that we tend to kind of breeze right past them. 
We've heard this Christmas story dozens, if not hundreds of times, and some of the signs lose significance for us. But I can guarantee the the shepherds were significantly impacted by it. I mean, put yourself in their place for a moment. What if this morning I told you, over in the Denevers garage, there's a woman having a baby right now, you know? And then we all went over there, and sure enough, there's this baby being born in the Denevers garage. And I'm not even an angel, right? You can just ask my wife. (laughs) The the final thing that the uh, angels brought as a message was peace on earth. And I wonder what the shepherds thought of this last bit of information that was relayed by the angels. Did they think that Jesus was going to put an end to the fighting that was going on around the world? The situation in which mankind finds itself is very dire. No one is righteous. We have all fallen short of God's standards. And as we look around at society today, it doesn't take long to know that things have gone terribly wrong with the world. Millions of unborn babies have been murdered in the womb. In 2017, a study showed that one-third of people in marriages were cheating, Over half the people who do marry eventually get divorced. Currently in the U.S., almost 7 million people are in prison, jail, or on probation. And at this moment, there are 63 armed conflicts going on around the globe. And although there may be places on earth that seem almost heavenly, we certainly don't see this peace, this peace that we think is supposed to be proclaimed by the angels that Jesus is supposed to bring, In fact, for the majority of Earth's inhabitants, their daily life is probably closer to hell than heaven. And so what were the angels talking about? The peace that Jesus would bring was not between humans, although he can bring that. The peace described was between God and men. We know this by the phrase that was used, among those with whom he is well pleased. Back when I was in California, uh, I hosted a weekly radio program called The Harvest Report. And I would bring people in, and we would do this radio show on the Christian radio station, and it was interviewing people that were in ministry in that area. One week, a pastor friend of mine recommended somebody for the radio program who was working in a uh, kind of a rehabilitation center. And he also said, oh, she's kind of an interesting gal. She has a prophetic gift. And so after the radio show and we'd done our interview and whatnot, uh, I invited her over into the sanctuary of the church. And I said, would you be willing to pray and see if the Lord has a word for our church? And so she went up to the front. I stayed in the back and watched her. She was kind of praying around the baptismal font. And she came back and she said, Pastor Scott, I do have a word from the Lord. But it's not for the church, it's for you. The Lord says, uh, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And that was quite a shock to me because the previous week I'd been really struggling in the ministry. I'd actually been thinking about quitting. I had a stubborn sin that seemed to be getting the best of me and I felt like I was anything but pleasing to the Lord. However, as I thought more about that word, it dawned on me, as a Christian, I am in Christ. And when he sees me, he sees his beloved son. And so it's not about how well I'm performing as a minister It's not how well I am fighting against my sins that make me pleasing to him. It's his son. Because I am in him, that's why I'm pleasing. 
And what this woman was indicating was, this is my beloved son, Jesus, with whom I am well pleased. That's why you are pleasing unto the Lord, not because of how great a job you did. He came on a mission of peace. He said in John 3.17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Wrapping up this morning, I wonder if the shepherds felt any different the next morning after this amazing experience. I know I felt completely different the morning after I had placed my trust in Christ, when I began to follow him as my Lord and Savior. I had hope for the first time in a while. I had peace. I knew that I was saved, that my sins, and they were many, were forgiven. And so I invite you this Christmas Eve morning to see this day through the eyes of the shepherds because Jesus' birth changed everything for all of us. And that's the best gift I can think of getting today. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you. We thank you, Lord, for these different messages that we've heard about over the last four weeks. That you've proclaimed to the people that they can again have peace with you through your Son. And Father God, I pray for the offering this morning. I pray for those who give. Bless them, Lord. Bless the the giving as well, that it might be multiplied for ministry. And so, Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this sermon series from Elam. If you are encouraged today, would you consider supporting our online ministry through a financial contribution? Personal checks can be made out to Elam Lutheran Church and sent to 11504 26th Street, Northeast, Lake Stevens, Washington, 98258. Or you can give online at elamlutheran.net. Thank you and may God bless you the rest of your day.